0: Chapter 16 of Daylight Land by W. H. H. Murray. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 16 Vancouver. What San Francisco was once, Vancouver is now an oak within an acorn, a vital root well placed, but only just sprouted. But all the conditions of a great city are here, and here a great city is to be. Colonel Goff, I WILL BUY THIS CORNER LOT IF YOU WILL TAKE THE OPPOSITE ONE, OR I WILL TOSS FOR THE CHOICE. WHAT SAY YOU?' IT WAS MR. Pepperell WHO SPOKE. "'Judge, you pitch for us,' replied the man from New Hampshire, laconically. Up went the scent, and as it came down and rolled curving through the dust, the two speculators chased it, laughing like boys, to see who had won the lot on which we were standing.' well well exclaimed the judge as the two men scuffled over the penny you are genuine yankees and you type both the shrewdness and recklessness of our countrymen who buy bits of the continent as brokers do stocks and purchase locations as gamblers do chips one might fancy that you think you're standing on the site of a future chicago by the way you're acting you old ropagite exclaimed mr as he wrestled with the colonel for the token we don't think any such thing, but we know that fifty thousand people will have their homes here on this peninsula within twenty years, and we know that two big buildings will stand on these corner lots inside of a year, for we will build them ourselves. How do you figure that out? retorted the judge. This isn't Yankee land, remember? The Canadians move slowly. Judge Doe! responded Mr. Paparo as he let go of his hold on the colonel, and sobered down. "'We have been in this city two days. "'The colonel and I have been canvassing this place, "'and we have sized up the outlook to a shaving. "'The conditions which make for success are all here. "'In the first place, the men who have founded this city have the right stuff in them. "'There isn't a slow drop of blood in their veins. "'They are not a gang of mere speculators.' They are gentlemen of substance and character, and they have come to stay. They have put in their money, thousands and thousands of it. Look at those solid blocks of stone and brick, at that opera house, at that hotel which must have cost nigh on to a quarter of a million. Look at their gas works and water works, their steam fire engines, their miles of paved streets and sidewalks, and the magnificent driving park with its splendid boulevard clear round it, their boating club and athletic grounds, those lines of wharfs and yonder huge steamships, loading and unloading at them. Boomers and land gamblers don't do such work as these men have done here. They are Americanized Canadians, sir, the best city-builders on the continent, for they build with the solidity of the English and the celerity of the Yankee. Colonel Goff, you villain, you! Which lot am I to take?' if there was the difference of a dollar between them i would have you up before the peripetic court that travels round with us and compel you to disgorge vancouver the city i mean not the huge island of that name lying thirty miles out in the pacific and stretching three hundred miles northward like a great natural breakwater as it is along the coast vancouver is a city site literally hewn out of the solid forest which with its gigantic timber trees, makes the seafront of British Columbia. And what a forest it is! An eastern-born man knows nothing of it unless he has crossed the continent and actually seen it, nor can he conceive of it, for the woods of the east supply him with no standard of comparison. Even the largest pines of Michigan give him only a hint of what this mighty forest of the Pacific coast really is. The trees stand from two hundred and fifty to three hundred feet in height and so densely packed together that progress among them is absolutely impossible large tracts are actually destitute of game because of the density of this forest growth here is a lumber supply for the whole world for centuries to come as a source of future wealth to the country its value cannot be overestimated the market for this lumber is found in japan and china and australia and san francisco and local development and in that measureless demand which the prairies only five hundred miles to the east will make upon it when they are peopled with their millions as they soon will be and the cities like minneapolis and st paul and duluth stand on the great watercourses which thread the mackenzie basin with possibilities of inland commerce and steel pathways connect them with lake superior or straight eastward south of james bay with the sangeni at the chicotimi place the minerals the fish the coal and the forests of british columbia on one scale and how many millions of dollars do you fancy you'll have to pile on the opposite scale to bring the bar level no intelligent american ever visited this pacific province of canada and saw what it contains and did not grind his teeth as he recalled how the miserable blundering partisan politics of the polk regime lost it to the great republic let any statesman who loves his country and is proud of its vast geographical extent and future greatness take a map of the Pacific coast, and see what a gap this one province of dominion makes in its western sea-line, longer by far than the Atlantic coast from the Florida Keys to Cape Brenton. And, verily, what did the Polk administration do to make amends to the American people for this criminal blunder? Had Polk's Secretary of State secured British Columbia for us as Seward secured Alaska, well things would now be a good deal different from what they are wouldn't they the republic has been taxed pretty heavily to support her petty politicians and miserable partisan politics truly out of such a forest as we said a site for vancouver city has been hewn it cost 300 dollars per acre to merely fell and burn the gigantic growth when we arrived only two trees were still standing and they were burning like a blast furnace inside their hollow trunks They were nearly three hundred feet in height and measured between thirty and forty feet in circumference. For one hundred fifty feet they rose like mammoth pillars of wood, straight as a plumb-line, bare of branch or knot. Our artists sketched them on the spot, and only an hour before they fell with a sweep, a rush, and a roar of sound, as if the columns which upheld the sky had slipped from their bases and a section of heaven had dropped suddenly a vast ruin to the earth. THE EARTH TREMBLED AND SHOOK IN THEIR OVERTHROW, THE AIR GROANED, AND AS A ROAR OF THEIR FALL ROLLED ACROSS THE LEVEL WATER OF BURRARD'S INLET THROUGH THE STILL AIR, THE MOUNTAINS BEYOND SENT BACK THE MURMURS OF THEIR REGRET. ALAS, THAT LIFE MUST FOREVER FEED ITS GROWTH ON DEATH, AND HUMAN PROGRESS ADVANCE ONLY OVER THE RUINS OF THE PERFECT. THEY FELL, AND THE SAWS WENT AT THEM, how their senseless, hungry, cruel teeth ate into and destroyed the majesty of their sublime proportions! We turned away, from a sense of pain and sheer vexation. In the evening, the Judge and I crept up through the debris and heavy semi-tropical undergrowth to the crown of the hill on which they had stood. The warm evening air was filled with a ruddy glow, for a hundred giant stumps were still feebly gasping forth fire we lighted two resinous torches and counted the rings which would give us the measure of their age six hundred and seventy-four years old gasped the judge and he dropped his torch to the ground my god these trees are older than the landing of columbus older than the magna carta older than the first translation of the bible into english and last week they stood with a thousand years of life ahead of them and these men of vancouver have levelled them to the earth with as little sense of what they were doing as the vandals had when they overturned the immortal sculptures of rome and trampled the triumphs of art under the hoofs of their chargers it is simply brutal but the trees will have long and sure revenge how's that i queried as i flung my torch away in rage at what had been done for i shared the indignation of my companion "'How will these thoughtless people be punished for this wanton deed?' "'Mr. Murray,' cried the judge in reply, "'Boston would give a million dollars to have two such trees, "'growthful and strong, with six centuries of growth "'and ten centuries of life ahead of them on her common. "'What would London give for two such monuments? "'What Paris?' had these vancouver men had the reverence or wit to have set apart a space six hundred feet across for a small park on this knoll the very centre and crown of their city that is to be they would have made it the mecca of thousands upon thousands of visitors each year that railroad there could have afforded to pay a million of dollars to have kept these two gigantic trees these majestic monuments of past centuries built up from the soil the air and the sunshine by the lord standing here but there is not a sculpture shaft or fresco in rome that can compare with these trees as they stood but yesterday in their attractiveness to the eyes and the imagination of men these trees thus preserved would have made their city one of the noted cities of the world every pen that came hither would have written of them EVERY PENCIL HAVE SKETCHED THEM, EVERY BRUSH MADE THEM THE FOREGROUND OF THIS MAGNIFICENT VIEW. EVERY TONGUE TOLD OF THEM TO LISTENING EARS FAR AWAY. THE BANK OF ENGLAND PUT AT THEIR DISPOSAL COULD NOT BUY FOR THEM AN advertisement, AS THESE TWO TREES GAVE THEM FREE OF COST. AND NOW THEY LIE IN THESE HOT ASHES, LOST TO THE WORLD FOREVER, BURNING AS IF THEY WERE AN OFFENSE TO THE EYE a stench to the senses a collection of awful what a pity what a loss come let's get away from this spot the air is filled with the reproach of the centuries that look upon their highest artistic result as despised and rejected of men i shall always think of vancouver as i should of rome if st peter's were destroyed by a mob It was not until we had returned to the hotel, and the judge had seated himself at a table in the supper-room, that he regained his wonted spirits. The vast and elegant hostelry was filled with happy noises, for a band of stringed instruments was playing and fifty couples were whirling through the mazes of a waltz, while the low buzz of conversation in the wide corridors, and now and then a peal of merry laughter, mingled pleasantly with the strains of music. It was in truth a bright and animated scene— and one most suggestive withal. "'This is a most astonishing spectacle,' remarked the judge as we sat on one of the wide verandas of the great house, gazing through the wide-open windows at the merry dancers whirling around the large hall within. Two years ago this city site was covered with a mighty forest, so dense that even a bear could scarcely thread a way through it, and now behold what is here.' "'blocks of brick and stone, wide streets, "'pavements echoing to the tread of a thousand feet, "'gas, electric lights, green-swarded lawns, "'fountains, flowers, and a fashionable hop in a hotel "'that cost a quarter of a million of money. "'That train rolling into the depot yonder "'has two coaches in it filled with Bostonians. "'Massachusetts Bay sends its greeting to Burrard's Inlet. "'What would not San Francisco have given "'for rail connection with the Atlantic?' "'when her senses counted only seven thousand, "'and what an impetus such a connection "'would have given to her development. "'Mr. Pepperell, this is an age of enchantment, as you say. "'The wand of measureless power is being waved over this continent, "'and no man can predict the rate of its progress in civilization. "'This, in truth, is the day when old men can dream dreams "'and our young men behold visions.' We Americans and our Canadian neighbors must join hands and keep them joined and strong for turtle clasp. We are brethren. The continent geographically is a unit. And we who shape its development and wealth and population must shape it along the lines of affectionate union. The Lord of it will smite us in his wrath if we do otherwise. The moonlight on yonder mountains and the music might well keep us from sleep but we must start fresh as boys for victoria to-morrow and hence the couch must be honoured gentlemen i wish you a good night restful sleep and pleasant dreams and we strolled away to our rooms dear old courteous wise happy-hearted judge a gentleman that highest of titles thy face is a picture which the memory of three men will keep until the bright pictures fade and all sweet earthly things are forgotten If they ever shall be, who knows? End of chapter 16